Hey Pontificators, before we get started, just want to give you a heads up. This is a two-part episode. We have a very, very, very special guest. Hope you enjoy part one. Yo, what's good, yo? We back with season two. Yeah, we about to get real New York on So I'm saying, like, follow, subscribe. Yeah, we finna be live. It's pontificating, you'll be back again. To tell your friends, to tell your ratchet ass friends. Thought we was gone, but nah, no, we ain't. That you got rid of us, but no, no, you can't. Yeah, uh, we gotta do this shit for real. Welcome back, Pontificators. Thank you for joining us once again. It's me, your girl, Asia. And I'm Ty. And here we are again. <laughs> Every week. Every week. Every We're, we've week. been so consistent. I'm very proud Yo. of ourselves. Because the struggle has been real. Real bad. Real bad. Uh, but we've been, we've been showing up. And thank you for keep showing up as well. Facts. Facts. Because we do. It be the weeks. <laughs> We'll be ready to give up and one of y'all will hit us up personally and we're like, oh, right. I think my favorite thing is when someone is like, oh, where's the episode? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Yo. You were looking for an episode? Right. Oh, I guess we better um, get to work. So thank you. Yes, yes. And also, shout out to Mama Trina. Okay. Because that was shocking. That was shocking. That's enough. The mama's listening to us. That's beautiful. Yeah, but she know I'm crazy. So it's, I feel okay about okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... You Let's get jump into, right in. Yeah. Okay. So my is it just me is really like I know it's not just me. I'm very sure it's not just me. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, so basically at work this week, I was threatened, right? <laughs> that is a crazy string of words put together as a sentence. Ain't it? Um, as you guys know, I am not in the line of fire. I am not a corrections officer or police officer or in the army. Um, why am I being threatened at work? Because people are crazy. I mean some clients have mental illness, some clients are frustrated. Whatever their reason is to be upset is their reason. However, at no point should I be getting threatened at work. I wasn't even doing, first of all, I didn't even do anything. I literally walked up to my desk and was asking if I could sit here. And the lady was like, get to work. And I was like, I said, I'm, I am. I said, get to work. You ain't doing nothing. You and her talking. I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to see you. I was like, what? I'm going to get you outside. I'm, I'm like, me? Like, truly confused, because I was like, what did I do to this woman? And I was like, man, I'm going to call the cops on you. Are you crazy? I don't, I was like, I'm going to call the cops. So then my other coworkers, this is really what what got me. That was annoying. But my other coworkers, they were kind of like downplaying it. They were like, oh, this is every day. It's your first time up here. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, I'm sorry. It is a very big deal to be threatened at your place of work. And it's happening to you guys every day. And you're acting like I'm ODing because I'm going to call the cops on somebody. And then they're just like, well, you know, just tell me that it's not a big deal. This is their everyday life. And I'm like, that's the problem. Y'all get threatened every day. Y'all get called bitches every single day. And y'all just shake that shit off. I said, who's to say someone can't catch you outside? First of all, I live around. I live around on my job. I'll, I will be okay. Trust me. I will be okay. I can call people. I'm okay. Y'all don't even fucking live here. Y'all going to get fucked up if y'all get caught outside. Yeah, it needs to call the cops too. So uh, the, the situation kept getting worse and worse. The lady ended up throwing some paper and tissue at my coworker. At that point, the coworkers were like, oh my gosh, unacceptable, unacceptable. And I was like, so when she first threatened us, that was okay. But when she acted on her threats and that was a problem, don't you think it would have been a good step to like in the middle to Intercept. call? 
right intercept why would you wait until she makes contact i'm like that could have been we're happy it was just tissue and paper that could have been hot coffee that could have been acid that could have been a gun it could have been any single thing it doesn't have to be just paper and tissue and then someone got mad at me because i was just asking them like what's wrong with them because i truly don't understand um and then another coworker was saying to me like oh but you know people get caught up in that herd mentality. And like, if they see people not overreacting or reacting, they think they shouldn't either. I said, I don't know that concept. My safety is my main concern. I don't need you to be afraid for me to be afraid. If there is like a threat we can't see, like if we're outside, I'm just being paranoid. Okay. But if someone is threatening me, why do I need you to feel threatened for me to feel threatened and want to take action? So I guess that's my question. Is it just me? Do people only feel threatened when other people feel threatened do people not have like self-consciousness awareness of what they're feeling and are people really um sidelining their emotions and sidelining their fears or whatever it is they're feeling because the crowd is not having the same reaction no i feel like it's like what alicia said about how we um so easily go through the cycles of trauma Mm -hmm. and, and grief really quickly i just feel like people have so many traumatic experiences that happen to the throughout the day Mm -hmm. especially like working at that job being black or being brown in america and living in the hood and shit like that so it's just like i feel like some people be like on a scale of one to danger where does this fall for me especially if it's not like directly affecting them that they're just like okay this is a a a one or a two Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) i don't know Why the throwing of the tissue really sent everybody over? When I say people were like, especially when what's you, that? What's that TikTok sound? Get out of here! <laughs> Did that TikTok no. sound? Oh no, you need to leave. You know that sound? No. Oh, I'm put that. We gotta find that one. Okay. That's what they did. They really reacted. I was like, yeah, like that is. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's what it is because that's that's strange because I can see myself like if somebody be like, oh, I'm a fuck you. I think I had somebody once start me at the bar and I was like, oh right, oh wow, not you being that upset over a cocktail, but like. In hindsight, I probably should have been afraid. <laughs> but was I? No. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Um, I really don't have it. Is it just me this week? Um, Is it just me? Are you tired of being tired? Damn, mm-hmm. didn't I say that three weeks ago, four weeks ago, a month ago, six months Maybe, ago? Maybe, but it still ago? stands. It still stands <laughs> true. Like, guys, life is tiring. Um, Yeah, by the time you hear this, shout out to the Blue Ivy concert. I will say, <laughs> is it just me or... Am I the only person that is so excited to see this little girl dance? Because we have seen her come a mighty long way. She's gotten a lot better in the clips that I've seen. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I saw the clip of her um, performing at MetLife at a giant stadium. And I said, look at her throwing up the little, the, the rocks. And I said, this is cute. This is right. cute for this girl. This is so adorable. Yeah. It just brings me so much joy. Maybe that's what it is. It does. It just brings me joy to see her come into her own. Oh, mm. Yeah, I think her first performance was like her first performance. No, her first performance, I said, holy shit. <laughs> but I feel like she has gotten better, but also like it's her first performance. Yes, yeah, in a stadium. In you a know stadium I mean? to how many thousands and thousands and thousands of fans who are obsessed with her mother, by the way, yeah, um, are looking at her. Like, I might be stiff too. What the hell? But she's coming a long way. So congrats And that's the Blue Ivy concert. And I know, I was like, how dare I even judge her? Because I'm like, that wasn't my first performance. And that show was terrible. Every single... At, Every single performance was terrible. So I'm like, listen, and I was just in a little black box there in college. Right, right. This girl performing in stadiums in Sweden and shit. With budgets and what okay. People got signs. She I wonder how much she getting paid. You think she's getting paid? I'm one hundred percent sure she's getting paid. Oh yeah, they have they're definitely paying. Her. She already got a Grammy. 
which is insane. That is insane. They yeah. really just people really be flexing. That's supposed to be nice. Shout out to that toxic <laughs> Brooklyn man. <laughs> Yo, he really did that. I just had like a one of those moments where you see your, you see your life flash, and I said, I ain't got nothing. Just a, just a, <laughs> this is a mountain of nothing. I'm out in the possibilities, unfulfilled. Oh, anyway, speaking yes. of um, possibilities, unfulfilled, unfulfilled. Not me stroking out. Um, guys, if you can just like rate, review, subscribe. Um, tell your friends, tell your mama and them, tell the people down at the bingo hall, tell the people at tennis. Because I heard that the black millennial girlies, the elder millennials, they picking up tennis in their in their mm. in their pastime. That's cute for y'all. Um, but let everybody know. Talk about it around the water cooler. Share it at church. Let them know that we be cursing though. But our hearts are with Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, leave five stars, all that. All of it. All that. Um, and now we are going to get into a very special so boom. So boom. So guys, this is a very special so boom. All right, we're bringing you our premium content. This is our second in-house uh guest, okay. And a person that is very near and dear to my heart. So don't try to drag it, because y'all know I would drag y'all. Um, but everybody welcome my cousin Kwana. And today we are talking about female incarceration. And Kwana is here because she unfortunately is an expertise in this field because she has done Not an um, expertise. Huh? <laughs> you're so stupid. Oh yeah, guys, you're gonna hear my toxic talk. Uh, the, you, y'all know, y'all listen. I talk about how bad me and my family talk to each other. Um, but she has been incarcerated. She did a very long vid. Um, but she is home now. She is. Uh, what do they call it? What do they call it when you come back home? Reintegrated into the neighborhood? No, that's what they do with the black and whites. They call it um, not reconnaissance. No, they call it's it. It's pretty something. Mm, we're gonna move on and the word let's pray the word come back to me but she is back into uh as she calls it society i say outside um and she has been home for seven months now almost eight congrats um so we are going to talk about her experience uh being in the criminal justice system is that what it's called Mm, no the prison complex (laughs) that's what it really is um, <laughs> her being in an industrial cr- prison complex and uh, just like her experience and the things that she's seen I feel like well Asia brought this topic up and we almost always hear men's stories uh, when it comes to being incarcerated and we thought it would be a good um, especially because we all about the black women here okay mm-hmm. um, bring the conversation very much into uh what it's like to be a woman, to be locked up, and just the things that I personally know about the struggles. Unfortunately, I have, I had a few family members get locked up around the same time, and the the resources that we would have to give each person was different. And as a family, we were so fucking exhausted about the amount of times that Quanta would ask for help, and then we had to find out why she had to ask for help, um, especially especially when it came to like putting money on commissary and she was also in another state so we couldn't send her packages so it was like there's a special way that you had to spend money and the amount of fees that was um Mm -hmm. applied to that 
And then she would blow through money a lot quicker because, like, there was we couldn't send her like you know sanitary like pads. Oh, you can't and, send you can't send packages. No, she had to buy all of like no, we had to send her money and she had to buy all of those things. Oh. Um, so you know it comes from the family members. Um, you know, and that could be quite taxing because you know Trump was president. Shit was it was rock and road, okay. Um, but Kwana. Introduce yourself. Uh, how has it been being home for almost eight months? <clears throat> well, hi, I'm Kwana. It's been, it's touch and go. It's <clears throat> more so adapting. It's very hard to adapt with the society coming from being in imprisonment because when you are <clears throat> in that type of setting, it's you're coming outside to a different type of setting. Well, let me give you a more perceptive. I was in a maximum security. Perceptive. Uh, no, perception. Perception. I'm oh, sorry. Perception. I was in a maximum security prison in Florida. So it's a lot different. You are very closed in. You're caged in. You're in a two-man cell. Most of the time, you were allowed to get out once in a while to work, shower, use a phone, but it was it's a lot different because you come out here and then you have to you 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 move around, but it's not like you feel like you can move around if you understand what I'm saying. Like your like, mind is still set on your mind. To do your mind being... When you first come out of prison, your mind is stuck like. Do I have to call the CEO to tell him to open the door right now? Mm-hmm. Or am I able to just walk out and it's not going to be a cop right here? And it's like, you have to adapt. Mm. It's very, it's very hard. So it's, it's plenty of times where I go places and I didn't want to go places at night. Cause you know, we go to bed at nine o'clock. We okay. wake up at five in the morning. So our time is a lot different. You know, and sometimes I wake up. Is it count time? So, oh shit, I didn't know that. You know, so you have to adjust your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to adjust your life when you've been when you've done the time that I've done. You, that's what you know. That's right. that's what your mind adapts to. You wake up five in the morning. You get up, get in the shower. You got to get ready for work. Then you got to come back at count time at twelve and. Then you got to go back to work and then you got to come back at count time at five. You got to go to child, which is food. Then you got to go to yard if you choose to, you know, you don't get on the door. You don't go outside. You got people. What you mean if you don't get on the door? Like you got to. Like it's, it's, no, what it is, is they have this thing called, um, you take your time and what happens is. It's, it's each time the door rolls. So the door rolls at 8.30 in the morning to go to work, which is called... Um, oh, the door roll. You mean like when the door actually opens? Yes. Okay. So you're okay, stuck in said, the pod. Okay. You're stuck in the pod, so you really can't go nowhere until they roll the door. Okay. You know, so when you roll in, when they roll the door, then you can go wherever you want to go. Then you have nasty COs who come 
and they leave you in your room for hours and hours mm. and hours. So and you just like waiting for them to open the door and mm. they just don't? Yes, you in the two-man cell. You, it's just and they don't you have to. Bunkie. They don't have to. If, if They have to, but they're not. No, they, no one's making them do it. Nobody's making them mm-hmm. do it. So if they if they in there and they just like don't feel like doing something that day, you're locked in your cell all day. Mm. Oh, wow. That's Can just we just they, rewind to the beginning? Sure. How did you end up in prison? Well, um, she was a scammer. She got caught in the scam complex. (laughs) She got caught in the MLM, if you will. Was it like a one, two, three strike thing? Or was it that this one thing is what you went to prison for for this time? It it, It wasn't a one, two, three type thing. Like, it all connect to each other. So it was the same charge. It just was going from one place to the next, you know? I was, um, I came from a very good family. I'm not going to say. I talk about that family all the time. You ain't got to say they're a good family. They no, know. no. I come from. It's a, given dysfunction. They, they, they're dysfunctional, but I am the only child out of all my mom's sisters and brothers. So I really didn't want for too much. Mm-hmm. I was a rebellious child. So I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I went out there and I did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, and when you're the only child, you really don't have, I had cousins. I grew up with my lovely cousin here and a few of my other cousins, but I was just outside. I just wanted to be, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted my own money. I wanted to, I didn't want to work a nine to five. So I picked the best choice that I felt was easy for me. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Now I got caught the first time I did eight months came home got on probation so i did eight months for that when i did eight months for that i came home i was on probation is that in new york yeah okay no No. i was in utah this is the cousin guys if you've listened a couple yeah if you've listened (laughs) episodes if you've been listening for a long time i always talk about how my cousin can't come back to utah this is the cousin that's been banned from utah yeah how'd you get to utah a a plane (laughs) (laughs) i'm playing i'm playing okay Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. so i um did eight months in utah did eight months in utah and then i got out was on parole i was on probation did probation when i was getting off probation i got hit with some more charges from florida okay so they let me off probation and then i went to a prison for these charges right here. Okay. Were you in federal or um, state prison? No, I was in state prison. We wish okay. she was in federal. I wish I was in federal. What's the prison. difference between the two? State prison is harder than federal. Okay. And I could move around in federal. Like state to state? Yeah. Okay. And her time would have been less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A, a lot less. Okay. Yeah. And also, just speaking of her time, which makes me upset all the time when I think about it, because, and I say we wanted her to go to federal because her sentence would have been lessened, and because um, her sentence was left up to the state of Florida, Mm. she got the book thrown at her. So for people who, and it was a very, like, it upsets me to even think about it, but people were scamming all across America, um, and even in Florida, even though, like, she... What happened was she scammed, without going too much into it, she scammed a large corporation, right? Fuck them corporations, per. Um, but what happened was because her sentence was left up to Florida, they wind up giving her almost a decade for scamming where wow. people were doing just like three, four, five, six, seven months um, 
she did years. Um, and it was in, in, to me, it was an unfair sentence. And she got sentenced as much as somebody who committed murder. Right. That's insane. Um, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. And not only did she do the time, she also has to, um, do restitution. That's the word I was like, she has to do restitution. So she has to pay the money back. Mm. So it's like, I feel like they should pick a lane. Either you make her pay the fucking money back and let her work that time off or you give her the time and she doesn't have to. But like the the punishment has to be one or the other. I think um, when we come to punishing black women in America, it's actually fucking insane. Which in in a sense, they're not supposed to do that because it's called double jeopardy. Because by being that I was taken from a large corporate company they get the insurance for the money anyway mm-hmm. yeah so i'm double they double jeopardy me. so basically they wanted me to pay the money back which i'm fighting and they want me to pay the money back for this for money that you already got reclaimed, claimed yeah. that you reclaimed already any You're, time was served yeah in time was served so you basically taking five more years off of my life being on parole because of the extra money that you want because mm-hmm. it's not about me adapting to society, really. It's just you want your money yeah. for what you already have. Because you got insurance soon as I took it. Yeah. Soon as I took it, it was yours. Right. So it 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 just is it's definitely horrible for um the people for people like me because they see they see me and they think um you came here, you took this, you took that, and you didn't want to work for that. But I just want y'all to understand something that, in my frame back then, I'm grown now. So I'm, I am I went to prison when I was 24. So I'm grown now. So being that at this day and age, they look at it. Back then, I looked at it like, you work a nine to five, you get paid mm-hmm. $400 a week, you get, mm-hmm. eat that. If that, no, people are getting paid more than four hundred dollars a week. But, but back then, some, yeah. back but then, some aren't. yeah, yeah, some oh, aren't. back then, that's some true. people are they getting that. paid that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're getting paid four hundred dollars a week. Your rent is like two. Back then, it was good because you had Section A. You was paying what two two hundred dollars? Yeah, just you, you blowing out the um. Sorry, yeah, that's so, okay. It, it, you're getting paid two hundred dollars your rent. Then you got to pay all of this extra. On top of that, and I had a and I had a baby. Guys, I would just like to point out because I am such an unserious person. I had to do a nigga math. She said, <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, like the math is mathing, but that math ain't real. But I I do I understand that was your your frame of mind. Like you you basically kind of like hustling backwards. Like you doing all this time doing all this work and you don't have anything to kind of show for mm-hmm. it. Living it's like living from check to check. No, right. I mean we've discussed. We she haven't... was out on yachts. Yeah, we haven't fully gone to it, but we discussed, like, can you, can you be ethical? <laughs> What's your, how's it going? On a yacht, on a thong, shaking yeah. my ass. She was the first one. I mean, who said that? Nella Rose said it first, but she was actually doing it. Um, we've talked about ethical billionaires. It is possible to be ethical billionaire, right? And the answer is no. If you are a billionaire, you have exploited somebody. Somebody was getting underpaid yeah. for you to have those billions of dollars. Even mm-hmm. if you're, like, a nice company and you give your... CEOs and you give like the secretary a good a good wage there is somebody in the company not making enough money so you can have billions of dollars right mm-hmm. and it's like but when we hear an entrepreneur right 
who says the same thing? Entrepreneur will tell you, I don't want nine to five. I don't make $400 a week. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're like, yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah. But then when someone who is doing something quote unquote illegal, right. It's illegal, but you know what I mean? Then it's like, Oh, how dare you should be in jail. And it's like, but when they said it and they just, and they did it and they're doing illegal shit too. Yeah. As we know, these entrepreneurs, these, uh, okay. Illegal shit. But when it's, especially as a black woman, it's mm-hmm. like, no, we're going to make sure you learn the lesson. You you are not going to be able to play how we play. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're going to let you know you can't. And we're, and we're going to continue to let you know. Don't forget. Don't come out and forget. We're going to make sure that you know you're not in the same league as us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because, like, when you say an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is nothing but nobody, but it's nothing but a scammer with the EIN number. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really what, where the entrepreneur is yes. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and and when, as even as uh, Ty and I like understand more about running our corporation and the things that we're allowed to do, these are not corporation. <laughs> <laughs> these are scams. Yeah, they are absolutely. They, scams. The, I was talking to a guy at my job who does he has his own business, and he was telling me all the tax tax breaks. I said, "So I'm scamming." <laughs> That's and he's like, "No, it's different." I'm like, "It's actually not. It's just legal but scamming." I'm like, yeah, it's legal yeah. scamming. So it's just like it's all dubious if you will but uh definitely society picks and chooses who is going to be um punished for the scamming yeah um you were talking about do you have questions i do have questions but say what you want to say um no i was gonna say all right you talked about how difficult it was for you to uh basically uh, be remitted back into society. That's the word. Remitted back into society, right? You were, you didn't know that you were allowed to do the things because now you're like kind of free, right? Because you're not really free because you still have to, you still have a PO that you, somebody you, ha- you still have to answer to in a way, but it's not as, um, it's not as much of a stronghold as it was being in prison, right? But was there any positive things that you got from your time in prison? Or do you feel like your time in prison was a waste of your time? No. Um, I've learned a lot being in prison. I've 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 done a lot of growing in there. Mm-hmm. So have you? Yes. I learned that um accountability. That is the one thing I learned. I learned that no time is wasted unless you waste it, you know? And I learned that an idle mind is a devil's playground. So if you're not doing anything, you'll be stuck there. Nigga, you sound like T.I. What? Okay, you're not understanding. Okay, so let me explain. Yeah, please. If you're not doing anything in prison, Mm -hmm. then your time is doing you. You'll become depressed. You'll become stuck. Okay. You'll become admitted to just that society. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because you're bound to shackles, you don't have to be bound to the prison. Like your mind could be free. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So I did everything there was to offer women. You know? I did HVAC class, which admit me to my job that I have now. Is that where you lost your finger? You almost lost my finger. Okay, the right. Tip of my finger. Yeah, I, I mean. cried, bro. I and that wasn't lie. it. It I was said she sewing. Coming back broken. I got that from sewing. Okay. I learned how to sew there. Oh. Wow. I learned HVAC class. I was a teacher's aide for the youth offenders. Mm. Okay. I was um a plumber, and I 
and I also learned how to do missionary and logistics. This is amazing. What's missionary and logistics? Missionary is oh um, masonary, like oh oh like masonary. Like okay, I can build a house. Okay. Oh okay. Yeah. Wow. Like lay bricks. So is this for everyone or how? how <laughs> you said lay bricks. Yeah. How does the programs work? How, how do they work in prison? Do oh, yeah. Do you sign up? Are you like, is it like you have to qualify? What does it everything, take? Everything comes with a qualification. Mm-hmm. When I first came to prison, I came with a 10-year sentence. Mm-hmm. So when you come in, it's some things that you're not qualified for until your time wind down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I first came there, I was a youth offender teacher. I became a teacher's aide for youth offenders. So that was the only job I could have for like two, two, maybe three years. Okay. And then, uh, excuse me. And then I moved up to the HVAC class. So every program that you do, it, it is all in line of the years you have left. Okay. You understand? So for the people with the long time, like people with 50 years, 60 years, life sentences, they, they're, 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 um, their jobs are cut short because they're for short timers. You know, there's for people who's doing five years or less or four years or less or, you know what I'm saying? So people who do long time, they either become a teacher's aide for a very long time or they're in the kitchen for a very long time. They're, they're either in jobs that won't grow from, you know, like those programs, they're trying to make it for the long timers, but it's not um, approved yet. Is the idea that you're getting out soon, so you're going to need, like, a skill once you get out? Yes. And if you're that. there 50 years, it's kind of like, learn it when you learn it? Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, like, okay. they had a, um, they have programs where, like, you had culinary arts, and you could go in there, and you compete with other prisons, and oh. they put you on TV. Not y'all being on prison chops. Mm-hmm. And you cook, you cook real meals, like, 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 as if you was on hell's kitchen Mm -hmm. like they give you the teacher and -hmm. they show you they has they got uh cosmetology where you get um a certificate when you get out you'll have that for the rest of your life they give you your Mm -hmm. license in there so but it's not much for us women as much as it for the men you know oh they give us the certificates and they give us the license but they don't give us the job like in Mm -hmm. the in in men's prison down there they give you the job you know, I was going to go to, they have a really good program down there called the Leap Program. I was going to go to that program, but the only reason why I did not go is because it's that- for people that's staying in Florida. Okay. It's oh, is a- that the one where you could go out and have the job and you stay at the cabin? No. Oh. That's, um, uh, you were talking about, it'll come back to me. Hold okay. on. But you're talking about, like when you work and you come back to a cabin and then it's, it's like you being free, but not really. Yeah. That's, that's, the, one, that, that's yeah. the work release. Right? Yeah. Work release. Yeah. That's, yes. what, it, yeah, that, cause that's what she was. I couldn't do work release because I couldn't do work release because of the program I was in. So because I was in that program, it was either I didn't get the certificate or, and go to work release and, or go to work, it, go to work release and not get the certificate. Oh, so, so they're get the like license. One, they're like one yeah, or the other. Like you get the qualification the or you get the on-hand job experience. experience. Right. Okay. okay. So, but I didn't want the um, work release. I was a little afraid of doing work release because you're, you're free, but you're not free. Mm-hmm. You understand? So they give you the freedom, but any little mishap. Any infraction. And you're going back to prison. Yeah. And then they take all the programs from you. Mm-hmm. once they do that 
no you to learn. look at you that is accountability for you to like learn yourself and know that you know too much freedom at that time was not a good idea for you yes yeah so i just didn't want that for me mm-hmm. you know i'd rather get the skills so when i come out i could do what i need to do right and then i could i don't have to worry about if, if i mess up here you know what i'm saying i could do this you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. everything everything in prison counts Mm-hmm. Everything, everything you learn, everything you you put forth, it teaches you to be better. And I was always, I, when I got in there, I learned what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I learned, okay, is this what I want to do? Do I do I want to just be like, okay, that's not, you know, what I'm saying I didn't want to do cosmetology. I always wanted to be in the field where the men were. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying because it was more money. Mm-hmm. And and it's and nowadays, the um the economy I, I wouldn't say the economy, but the jobs are more male dominated, and I don't like for for, the, for people in general or just for felons, just for felons, okay, just for people like who we rarely see women who are plumbers, right? Who are supers? Who are mechanics? Who are People yeah. that lay pavement. And that's we, where the money is. Saying, and that's where the money is. I will tell you, Kwana is the most lucky girl syndrome person I have ever known in my life. Not only did she do prison, well, that's unlucky, but then she came home to a job that two. somebody held for her. Yeah, two jobs. And one of the jobs somebody held for her um, until she got all of her paperwork because when she was released, she didn't have any paperwork for her to get a license or anything. So, uh, or in a New York state ID. So, you know, family did have to help with that and like shout out to the people that were helping people, but there's so many people that go through the system that they are not, it takes them forever to get Mm -hmm. an ID. And this winds up being an infraction because then now you're um, going against your parole uh, guidelines and you have to have a fucking job, but you can't have a job if you don't have the ID. Right. Um, so she came home to a job, two jobs, and she worked two jobs for a little bit. And now she's, as she was saying, she's a super now and she has an, an apartment for very cheap, but you know, she works for it. And um, it, listen, it don't happen like that for everybody, but this bitch be lucky. Okay? That's amazing. I want to ask you about, I mean, you by no means is this glorifying prison. But um, I think if the idea of prison is to is reform, right? That's what it's supposed to be. Other countries, they reform people or they try to. They don't treat them like animals and stuff like that. You did say you got some good stuff out of it. Um, but how long into your sentence did it, did it click for you that you had to change your life and be accountable? Was it like as soon as you got in, you were like, okay, I'm going to make the best of this time, whatever that means? Or how long into it did you... <laughs> and what, what was the first moments or years like um in your sentence when i first got to prison it was it was like i'm here i have no family here um what can you do to me i got a 10 year sentence i'm gonna kick ass oh i'm gonna kick your ass if you put your hands on me I'm going to beat you up. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I seen. Like, I didn't look at the outcome. I didn't look at... I was young. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm in prison. Then they give you these stories. Like, you better not let nobody... Don't tell nobody what you were in prison for. That's bullshit. 
Don't lie. Don't listen to that. Prison is no fun. But when I first came to prison, it took some time. It took about maybe two years, two, mm. maybe three years. To do what? To adjust? To, to, for it to sink in, to like, to, for me to sink in. Okay. Like, well, what, what Ty is not telling y'all is I was pregnant when I came. Who the fuck is Ty? Right, but go ahead. You you. Right. No, no, I know, I know, I know. That just <laughs> felt very weird hearing you say that. But yes, that is me. So, I yeah, was you, pregnant. Yes, yes. So, my mind is saying. You went in pregnant. Yes, I mm-hmm. was pregnant. I, I Did found you know? I, I found out I was pregnant in the county of Florida. Okay. Mm. Okay. On a million dollar bond. Mm. So word, because they definitely call me asking for ninety thousand dollars. So, in my mind, I'm I'm thinking, I just had a baby. I just left my whole family. That's going back to New York. That I'm probably ne- never gonna see during this whole sentence, or if I do see them, but once t- a year, she was pregnant. They did let her out on, on a, a furlough. On a furlough. A two-month furlough. It was, oh, two months? Okay. On a two-month furlough. So she had the baby. So she did have something, like a month, a, a couple of weeks with the baby after she had the baby. Yeah. And then she had to part with her child, her newborn, mm. and go and do her her time. And what was the furlough like? Like, were you off-site prison? What was that like in terms of them supervising you? It was no supervision. Was yeah. just, oh, there's none? No, she was in a hojo. What's a hojo? Uh, Howard Johnson. Oh. That's where you were. And they, so they just, they just, just no, the state did not pay for that. Our, our family. No, no, I'm saying it. they yeah, just, yeah. they just say you're going to come back. Do you all agree you're going to come back? That's how it works. Like it's up to you to come back. If not, it'd be a warrant out for her, her arrest. Hmm. And she was still on trial at the time, right? Yeah, I was going back and forth. I was still fighting my case. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, he told me that if I were didn't return, that I would get thirty years, whether I was standing there or not. Mm. So, and that and that time you have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You have to be. That's when the accountability comes into play. You could make a choice and run forever, right? Or you could go there and be and stand on what you stand on, and you go do your time. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if I if I run. You have to be looking over your shoulder for you and your children for the rest of your life. Right. You don't want that. You don't want to keep having to look back and look back and wonder. And, and if I get pulled over, if this is going to happen, you know, you don't want that. You don't want to live like that. Some people are not built for that. Mm-hmm. Some people would have ran the first chance they got. No ankle monitor, no nothing. But it was the point of this. I had the meanest judge in Florida. And I was the first fur- furlough he ever gave anybody. Mm. But he gave me a chance because he asked me, mind you, the first time I went in front of him, he told me no. The second time I went in front of him, he asked me to my face and he said, why should I give you this furlough? Why do you feel like you're a flight risk? Why should I give you this furlough? I said, because you didn't have to come and knock down my door. I walked into probation. Mm-hmm. I could have walked out. But I walked in mm-hmm. to that. I walked in. I never ran from you. Mm-hmm. Never ran from anything. So if you didn't have to come and bring the people to my house and, and knock down my door. You didn't have to. I walked right in. And he gave it to me. Because sometimes honesty is the best policy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and he gave me that. But 
when I was thinking, I thought about running. Oh, did I think about running? I was ready to go to Mexico, Tulum, wherever you're going to take me. Whatever. Uh, uh, Cuba, I was going to be a part of the cartel. Something, I was going to um, curl my hair up, call me Dominican, whatever. <laughs> so I wanted to. But then I had to think about it. Mm-hmm. I have two children. I have a mom. I have a grandmother that's old. I got cousins. Do I really want to be running for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Do I really want to never go back home? Do even though I mean New York is all right, but it ain't that good. But <laughs> it ain't that good. But I looked at it from all parts of it, and I don't want my kids to ever feel like that. When you run, you a coward. You a coward. That's a that's a take. Well, do you think if you, I mean, people run sometimes because they ain't do it. Right. Right. Because I would run. If I ain't do it, if I'm I, running. can't find any water. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I didn't do it, I would run because I'm just not going to, especially as, as a black woman, a mm-hmm. poor black woman. <laughs> right. I don't know. You're not going to for me. Definitely. But do you feel like because you did it, you were like, you should be accountable? Or you feel this as, as a whole, if you run, you're a coward? I mean, as a whole, yeah. I feel like if you run, you're a coward. Why run? If you didn't do it. If you didn't do it, it, let me tell you, justice is not always served. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let me be the one to tell you. Justice is not always served, but some people run because they're scared. Some people run because they don't want to deal with what comes after some excuse me some people run because they don't the fear of unknowing mhm but i was just ready i was tired i was just ready to just do whatever came i was ready like i got sentenced alone in a courtroom all by myself mm-hmm. and i was i was ready for whatever he had in store for me you know and i learned a lot about myself i learned a lot about god and I, I'm, I, I, I let that be my center. You know, when you doing time and you doing it, I, I'm not going to say I did it alone. Cause I didn't, I did it with my family, but they were miles and miles and miles away. Mm-hmm. So I did my time with my own solitude. So I had to be strong in me and be like, okay, Connor, this is what you got to do. This is the, this is the plan you have to make for yourself. Right. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a little rocky for me. It was hard. It was hard time. But it's all up to me on how hard do, that I have to make what do you the time. Mean, what do you mean by it was hard time? It was hard time. Like, it was times where I just was like, it was times I thought about depression. I was depressed. I was, I thought about suicide. I thought about a lot of things. It was a lot of things I thought about while I was in there. Mm-hmm. Things that I probably would have never thought about if I was home. Right. But it was a lot of things that I was lacking. I'm not really speaking to my family. I speak to them once, maybe every couple of days, which mind you, please, if you got family in prison, do not, do not. They don't call because it makes your time hard. They, it's not because they we don't love you. It's not because we don't pay y'all no mind. It's, it makes our time hard. When oh, to reach out to your family. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when we call you once a week, don't be like, why you ain't calling me these days? Because it makes your time hard. 
Because when you're in prison, we're doing time. When we with y'all, we doing family. Right. It's is we have to learn to differentiate the situation. We can't we we can't do both at the same time mm-hmm. because then we lash out on other people in there. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that. So if if you have family members that's not calling or not making the time out for you to call is because they don't want to do their time hard. Mm-hmm. Don't take it so personal. It's not personal. It's just we have to do our time. Yeah. You got to do what's best for you mentally. Exactly. Some people maybe may need to reach out and some don't. I mean, I'm going to shut her down her. You may never hear from me. If I was in jail, probably, I might be like, I would just be like, don't call me. I'll see you when I get out. Yeah. Because I'm not good with. So you with... thought you didn't call a lot. Well, I did. I called a lot. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This bitch called a lot. I did. Um. So I have a question. Did you did you feel? I mean, your family was all in New York, and you were like literally miles and miles and miles away. Did you feel like solidarity, or was there like um, what's the word? Like um, was it like orange is the new black? Yeah, watch that. In the, in the yeah, was it? Did you get like a like a prison family? Was it was it other women in there that you could like really help you get through this time? Or is it like um, is it like TV? Is basically the question. It- <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, yeah, you some of it, but no, I had, um, I spent most of my time with long timers, people who's doing, um, long time, like life sentences. That was by choice or that's how you grouped together? No, that was by choice. You have okay. a choice. To oh, you do? Hang who, who you want to hang with or you. No, no, I meant like when you're, cause you're assigned like a roommate or. Oh, your time has to be compatible. When you assign to a bunkie, like if I had ten years, I had to get with somebody that has ten years or ten years or five years or fifteen years. So okay, it mm-hmm. got to be a five year difference. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only people that don't get bunkies that's not um time with them is lifers. Like only people like if you got twenty five years or more, you are eligible to be in a cell with a lifer. Okay. Because okay. that's considered a life sentence, mm-hmm. 25 years. So, yeah. So, most of most of the people that I dealt with, shout out to Odina. Really nice lady. Um, That's the old lady? Yes. She has two life sentences. Well, she escaped from prison in 19... Her. She was in 1999. She escaped from prison. That same one or different one? No, Odina. She no, no, that same no, prison. Same yeah, prison. that same prison. Okay. And they probably back in the same prison? Mm-mm, no, she was in another prison, which was Homestead. And oh, then she came back to um, Ocala, Florida, which okay. is the prison she's already in okay. right now. But yeah, she escaped from that prison. Helicopter landed, got in the helicopter, went to Cuba. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I please do not care. Please, if you can, can you just? Do, is there more of this story? Quickly, just yes. What did she do? Hit, just hear my questions real quick. Just real quick. I don't want to take from your story. What did she do? How did she get this plan devised? And why did she get? Why did she come back? Um, Odina's in there for a murder. She's in there for a murder charge. Okay, a murder one charge. So, um, Odina is a little lady. She's very short, and she's. What happened was she, and she's been there since 19, 
She's been in prison since 1976. Oh my gosh. That's how long she's been in prison. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. She escaped in 1999. She had a boyfriend, which he was in prison. So she's very well off. She has pokus of money. Mm-hmm. But she's not she's not the same anymore because she's older. Mm-hmm. But she has a lot of money. She had a daughter. And what happened was her daughter, she has a daughter that still comes around or whatever. And she, the daughter died. So that was the only child she ever had. Mm -hmm. So 1999, she had a boyfriend. What happened was the helicopter landed on, landed in the prison. She ran into the helicopter, got shipped to Cuba. Her mom got sick. So she came back to America Mm -hmm. and the man that she escaped with told on her and they got her. It's always a man. It's always a man. She came back to prison. Damn. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom would have never seen me again. (laughs) You let your mom die? Yes. She won't die anyway, right? You know what? Something wrong with you. What? You would have let your mom die? I mean, I would. I mean, she was going to. This is. I'm I'm trying to be funny, but she was going to. She was dying, right? Mm -hmm. But that was like her last, like close. I wouldn't came. I wouldn't came back. Hmm. I would have had that same helicopter to go pick her up and bring her to Cuba. Yeah, helicopters are expensive. So yeah, that's crazy. What a story. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, you know, it's a, it's a sad story, but she's um, she has two life sentences now because they gave her another life sentence for escaping. Damn, that's just cruel. I mean, it makes so the first life sentence was the murder. She already had life, mm-hmm. right? And they're just being cruel at this point. Exactly. Because what does it matter? What's the sense? Like, she's going to come back to life? Right. Mm-hmm. What is the... There's no better word. What is the, like, morale? Or what are generally people... What What is it like in prison? Like, how do people feel? Are they just... is Are they depressed? Or is it a gauntlet of, like you said, first you were depressed, but then you realized you had to, like, get it together? How do people generally feel, if you can speak to that? Um, Some people are not equipped. Some people are, some people lose their mind. Some people, I've seen people jump off the top tier, mm. try to kill themselves. I've seen people, um, one girl, when I first went into, they call this thing called RNO. Is when you go in there and they try to teach you about prison, how to make your bed, how to act, how to talk, how to eat. You know, you have 15 minutes to eat, you know. Every day? Not even 15 minutes. You know, probably like, yeah, about 15 minutes to eat. And that's all, that's all your meals? No, all your meals, yes. Wow. So. You still eat? No. At 15? Okay. No. I mean, I had to I ask. barely eat. I have to. Hence the weight, but I barely eat. But <laughs> I was a lot bigger. But um, it's, it's, some people are not equipped to that. They're not. I've seen people throw shit at the police. I've seen people throw pee at the police. I've seen people um, raids, riots. When I was in R&O, that's where they teach you, back to what I'm saying, they teach you how to be in prison. The girl next to me, I was sleeping on the top bunk, she slit her throat. Oh my gosh. And they didn't think she was alive until they pulled the cover back to wake her up in the morning. So, you know. Did she make it? Yeah, she did. Okay. But this is the things that I've been through, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I lost a really good friend in prison named Tam. 
God rest her soul, she, they turned the water on, you know, police is very cruel. They turned the water on extra hot and left her in the shower and she burned to death. That's insane. In prison. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, that's crazy and sorry for your loss. What happens now? Does her family sue or is it just like... Oh, they already sue. They already got the money for it. Oh. Just, you know, they already got the money for it. And they used to take um, mace and they used to put it in boiling water. They used to call this thing called Black Jesus. And, you know, when you spray mace, it activates quick, mm-hmm. you know? And most people who don't know about mace is that when you use mace, they like to put water on you, but water only activates it. You have to use milk to yeah. deactivate it. Yeah, we learned that um, in a race war. So um, when you put it in boiling hot water and you activate mace, it burns your skin worse than if you was just to spray it mm-hmm. regular. They 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 did that in our prison. It was a lot of bad things that happened. It you know they um they did a lot of bad things. It was just it's crazy. It's all based on you. If the officer don't like you, you can forget about it. It's if they a sergeant, you can forget that too. You know it was some good ones though. It I was, was gonna ask you, ones. do you feel it's, like there was some good it, people there? It, it was some good ones. It was. It was some of them that used to talk to me a lot, you know, because I was a come a goer. Like I, 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 I mainly spend a lot of time by myself in prison. I really didn't click up with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a, a person like that. It, I was always a loner. So I used to just do my little time and I, I exercised a lot. And I, I never really hung out with people like that. Like I spoke to people, but it, you know, you can never get too close mm-hmm. to people in there because you don't know who who's who. Right. You know, they, if people are like wolves in sheep clothing in there. So they could tell you one story, but it really don't be that. You understand? So, and um, people like to defamate other people's character in there. So say you in here for killing somebody or you in here Definitely. for child molestation or something like that. Oh, defame. Yeah, they like to defame. Nigga, I said my brain was working extra hard. So they, yeah, okay, they're defaming other people's characters. So what are they doing in retaliation? Like, say if you're in here for killing your baby and you're in prison for killing your husband and I'm in here for scamming, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're around a group of people and it's just like men's prison. Like, they don't take killing children Mm -hmm. lightly in there, Mm -hmm. you know? They'll like they'll make your life a living hell in there, you know. And they do that. Like, say I, you don't like her, mm-hmm. and then we are around a group of people. She'll say that in front of these group of people, mm-hmm. knowing what's gonna happen in the end, knowing that like these people telling everybody else like what yeah, like say if for, like we're oh. going at it and 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 y'all two going at it, and she was like, well, bitch. At least you ain't here for killing your baby. Mm-hmm. And you be like, oh, here we go. Because right. we already know what's getting ready to happen. Now you done caused a riot. So oh. now everybody knows you, what you're in prison for. So okay. now everybody's looking at you like nobody want to deal with you. Nobody want to talk to you. Nobody want to, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you hungry, nobody want to give you food. Nobody want to do nothing. Like, it's just you're cut off from society, period. Damn. And you're already cut off from society because you're in jail. Right. So now it's like doubly that you're just by yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you see any violence? 
Yeah. She just says somebody. No, no, from so, oh. well, no, from like an inmate to inmate. Oh, Not, okay. We know corrections are crazy. We know self harm, but if you see like like that situation where they cut you off, or is it also that they cut you off? Also, they make your life living hell in like a physical way. Also, yes, they come in there, and I've seen girls come in there and beat the hell out of one girl, close the cell. You know, because there's no cameras in there. So they close the cell. They go in there. And somebody outside the cell open the cell. Girl sliced up. And this is this is what it is. They go to jail for 30 days and get out. Like, it's nothing. You know? And jail is like solitary confinement. Y'all would call it. But... Okay, so y'all, yeah. call, that, y'all call that jail. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go in there and it's just like... It is what it is. And, they, and it's not like the, the CEOs have any sympathy for you because soon as you get out you get put right back in the pod with the same people oh wow that's crazy. that just attacked you exactly mm-hmm. so you just deal with what you what you deal with and you could cry and be like this is not where i want to be and you know what they do they put a turtle suit on you and they put you in they a what? put you in um a turtle suit it's like a, a shawl and it's like it's like a a straight jacket but it's black it's like green it's like a turtle suit they put you in there and they give you a sheet and you be in there by yourself in a cell, no mattress, no nothing. You're sleeping on cold floor, nothing. And you can sit there for months and months and months and months and months if you like, if you don't like where you sleep at. Has that happened to you? Yeah. You were in a turtle suit, hugging yourself on the floor with no mattress? Yeah. For how long? About three months. Wow. Oh, that's the first time when you can call. Yeah. And what was that like mentally? Did you cry every day? Most of the time. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing I think mm-hmm. of. Right. No, because we know like uh, Khalif Browder. Right. He was in jail for stealing a backpack for, how was it years? Mm, yeah. He had like. And he was also in solitary confinement. Yeah, he was and, in solitary. You know, it broke him. Yeah. It broke him when he came out. He just. Killed himself. Yeah. On bikers. That's crazy. How many times you learned to turtle suit? Um, Twice. Twice for mm-hmm. fighting? Well, no, uh, turtle suit is like the mini crazy house. That's like when you check out and go in there. Thank you for listening to part one, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pontificating Podcast with your girls. Uh, I am the Asia Thomas, uh, Seiki. And Sally and your girl, I am Queen Ty. Please don't forget to follow us on Pontificating Pod. You can follow us, engage, 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 and like us on YouTube. We are at From the Burrows Podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, engage. And don't forget, we love y'all play cousins. Bye.